0: Good morning, and welcome to Five at Eight. It's Saturday, November 4th, 2023, and with me here is Linda Carlisle. I'm Mark Overman, and here are the day's top stories. In this episode, we will talk about Ukrainian troops establishing a beachhead on the occupied side of the Dnipro River, Russia's expected decrease in crude oil and petroleum product exports, the decline in loans volume for Austria's Raiffeisen Bank International in Russia, the James Webb Space Telescope capturing a stunning image of a baby star and the trade-off between reducing air pollution and mitigating global warming. Story number one. According to The Guardian, Ukrainian troops have established a beachhead on the occupied side of the Dnipro River, a vital foothold that could allow them to reclaim more territory in the Kherson region. Despite facing a fierce bombardment from Russian forces, the Ukrainian Marines are holding their position. However, they face challenges in bringing heavy weapons and armored vehicles across the wide river. The Ukrainian forces are attempting to prevent the Russians from concentrating their force by attacking at different places and different times along the front line. If they find weaknesses in the Russian defenses, they may push forward and seize more territory. The Kherson region, which straddles the Dnipro River, saw early gains by Russia during the 2022 invasion. But the Ukrainian forces fought back and liberated Kherson city on the West Bank. The Ukrainian Marines have captured part of the village of Krinky and are seeking to secure it. The region's marshy terrain and the size of the river pose challenges for bringing heavy weapons across. Russian defenses, including trenches and minefields, protect the territory seized by Putin since the invasion. The Ukrainian incursion on the East Bank has alarmed Moscow, leading to the reported replacement of the regional commander. It's quite a situation over there in Ukraine, isn't it? The Ukrainian forces are really going all out to hold their ground on the east bank of the Dnipro River. Despite being under heavy bombardment, they've managed to secure a foothold that could potentially allow them to reclaim more of the Kherson region. But moving heavy artillery across that wide river is no walk in the park, is it, Linda?
1: The river poses a substantial logistical challenge. Transferring heavy weaponry and armored vehicles across such a broad and potentially hostile body of water is a massive undertaking. It's not only about the physical difficulties, but also about the risk involved. The Ukrainian forces don't have air superiority, which means that any attempt to move armor across the river could be hit from the air by the Russians.
0: Yeah, it's a tricky situation. It's like playing chess on a battlefield, isn't it? You have to anticipate your opponent's moves and plan several steps ahead all while trying to keep your pieces safe. And speaking of strategy, what do you think about the Ukrainians' decision to attack at different places at different times? Is it an effective way to prevent the Russians from concentrating their force? It's
1: a classic guerrilla warfare tactic, Mark. When you're outgunned and outnumbered, you can't afford to engage in a head-on battle. Instead, you use hit-and-run tactics. You strike at unexpected times and places. You keep moving and keep your enemy guessing. It's about spreading out the enemy's resources and attention, making them reactive rather than proactive. So yes, in the current context, it does seem to be an effective strategy.
0: Right, right. Kind of like David versus Goliath, eh? The smaller, less equipped side using wits and agility to counter the larger force's superior firepower. But here's a question for you, Linda. Do you think the Ukrainians can maintain this strategy in the long run? What about the toll it must be taking on the troops, both physically and mentally?
1: That's a very valid concern, Mark. Asymmetric warfare like this can be incredibly grueling. It requires not just physical stamina, but also mental resilience. The constant pressure, the unpredictability, the high stakes, it can take a significant psychological toll on the troops. It's not a sustainable strategy in the long term, without a strong support system in place, to help soldiers cope with the stress and trauma. So yes, While the Ukrainians are managing to hold their ground for now, it's essential to consider what it's costing them and how they can continue to do so in the future.
0: Story number two. Russia's energy ministry expects the country's crude oil and petroleum product exports to decrease by over 300,000 barrels per day in November compared to the average levels in May-June, as reported by Reuters. The ministry also stated that Russia is actively participating in OPEC Plus's voluntary efforts to stabilize the energy market. Saudi Arabia and Russia have agreed to extend their voluntary oil supply cuts of 1.3 million barrels per day until the end of the year. Moscow's ability to reduce overall exports of crude oil and fuel has been facilitated by a ban on fuel exports implemented in September to address domestic shortages and high prices, as stated by Reuters. I find it intriguing, Linda, how Russia's decision to cut down on crude oil and petroleum exports is a classic example of energy diplomacy. It's not just about domestic shortages and rising prices, but also about their commitment to OPEC plus to stabilize the global energy market.
1: We've seen similar scenarios in the past, like the voluntary cuts by Saudi Arabia and Russia in 2020. It's a delicate dance of balancing domestic needs with global energy market dynamics.
0: Yeah, you're spot on, Linda. It's almost like a game of chess, where every move has an impact not just on your game, but on the entire chessboard. This decision by Russia, it's no exception. It's going to have ripple effects across the energy market.
1: Indeed, these ripple effects are what make energy markets so complex. And let's not forget the environmental aspect. Any reduction in fossil fuel exports has potential implications for carbon emissions, although, of course, it's a drop in the ocean compared to the broader climate crisis.
0: Oh, absolutely. As they say, every little bit helps. And speaking of the environmental aspect, it's interesting to see how this decision might spur further investment in renewable energy. Because, at the end of the day, we can't rely solely on fossil fuels, not if we want to leave a better planet for future generations.
1: It's a reminder that the shift towards sustainable energy is not just environmentally responsible, but strategically sound. As countries adjust their fossil fuel exports, it underscores the importance of diversifying energy sources and investing in renewables.
0: Couldn't agree more, Linda. It's high time we saw such events not just as shifts in the energy market, but as opportunities to pivot towards a more sustainable future. After all, the future of energy is not just about prices and markets, it's about the planet we call home. Story number three. Austria's Raiffeisen Bank International, RBI, reported a 30% decline in the volume of its loans in Russia in Q3, as reported by Reuters. The bank has been considering options for its business in Russia since the invasion of Ukraine last year, but warned that market conditions are highly complex. Russia accounted for 45% of RBI's profit in the first nine months of the year. RBI's CEO, Johan Strobel, stated that the timing of a sale or spin-off of its Russian operations is largely out of his control, as the process depends on regulatory approvals from Russian and European authorities." RBI's Q3 profit dropped by 19%, but it was still better than analysts' expectations. The bank's shares rose by 5% following the announcement. Where do we even begin with this situation, Linda? Austria's Rafeisen Bank International is facing quite a predicament in Russia, with a reported 30% drop in loan volumes in the third quarter. How significant is this decline, and what does it tell us about the state of the banking sector in Russia?
1: Well, Mark... A 30% decline is definitely significant, and it's indicative of the challenging business climate in Russia right now. The geopolitical tensions following Russia's invasion of Ukraine have had a profound impact on the financial sector. The Western sanctions have made it difficult for banks like RBI to keep their operations in Russia running smoothly.
0: Yeah, it's a real tough spot, isn't it? And it's not like they can just pack up and leave, right? They've mentioned the local and international laws being a bit of a moving target. How does this affect their exit strategy?
1: Well, Mark, it's a bit like playing chess on a board that's constantly changing. They are subject to Russian laws, European laws, and the international sanctions. It's a complex web of regulations that they have to navigate, and it's not surprising that they can't commit to a specific time frame for their exit.
0: Sounds like a real nightmare. And I guess the fact that their Russian operations made up 45% of RBI's profit in the first nine months of the year isn't making things any easier. Now, how does this situation compare to previous cases of business disruption due to political tensions? We
1: have seen similar scenarios play out in the past, where political instability or conflicts lead to a challenging business environment. However, each case is unique and depends on a multitude of factors, such as the nature of the conflict, the countries involved, and the sector in which the business operates. In this case, The banking sector is particularly sensitive to political instability due to the direct impact on financial transactions and the overall economy.
0: Fair enough, Linda. It's a tricky situation all around, and I guess we'll just have to see how RBI handles it in the coming months. But it's clear that operating in politically turbulent regions comes with its own set of unique challenges and risks, huh?
1: Absolutely. It's a delicate balancing act, and it requires a lot of strategic planning and risk management, But it also underscores the importance of ethical business practices and corporate social responsibility. In a world that's more interconnected than ever, businesses can't afford to ignore the geopolitical context in which they operate.
0: Story number four. In a report from the BBC, the James Webb Space Telescope, JWST, has captured a stunning image of a baby star called HH-212, providing valuable insights into the birth of stars. The image shows pinky-red jets shooting out from the star, which is hidden within a dense disk of gas and dust. These jets are believed to be a means by which the star regulates its birthing process. The pink color indicates the presence of molecular hydrogen. The image was taken by JWST's near-infrared camera and is ten times sharper than previous images of HH-212. Astronomers have been studying HH-212 for thirty years and the new image will enable deeper exploration of star formation processes. The JWST is a joint venture between the U.S., European, and Canadian space agencies. Is it not mind-blowing, Linda, to think about how our very own sun started out like this protostar, HH-212? The James Webb Space Telescope has given us this glorious image showing the birth of a star, not more than 50,000 years old, firing out these incredible jets of gas in opposite directions. It's like getting a glimpse into the past, and it's fascinating to think about how our Sun might have looked at a similar stage. It's amazing how science and technology allow us to peek into the past in this way.
1: It's indeed fascinating. The image of HH-212 captured by JWST tells us so much about the mechanics of star formation. The pinky-red jets which we see are actually a result of the protostar trying to regulate its birthing process. It's like a natural balancing act happening in the cosmos, where the nascent star has to manage its rotation speed to prevent itself from flying
0: apart. Exactly. And the way the star manages this is through these outflows of gas. These jets, as we see in the image, are actually helping the star maintain its stability. It's fascinating to think about the cosmic physics at play here. The angular momentum, the magnetic fields, the jets. It's a grand cosmic ballet happening on a scale that's hard to wrap our heads around.
1: And the role of molecular hydrogen is also quite interesting. The pinky-red glow we see in the jets is a result of shock waves moving through the outflows and energizing the molecular hydrogen, causing it to glow. It's a complex interplay of forces that contributes to the birth of a star.
0: Absolutely. And what's even more amazing is that this discovery would not have been possible without the advancements in technology that led to the creation of the James Webb Space Telescope. This $10 billion machine is giving us a view of the universe that's 10 times sharper than anything we've had before. It's opening up entirely new possibilities for our understanding of the cosmos.
1: It's a testament to the power of scientific research and technological innovation. This discovery not only deepens our understanding of star formation, but also opens up new avenues for future research. It's a reminder of why investments in science are so crucial
0: story number five as air quality improves due to regulations reducing harmful pollutants scientists have found that the reduction in particulate matter is contributing to global warming as reported by the new york times particulate matter such as soot and sulfates has a cooling effect on the climate by blocking solar radiation however as air pollution decreases more solar radiation is reaching the earth's surface leading to increased warming This trade-off highlights the need to find a balance between reducing air pollution for human health benefits and mitigating global warming. The reduction in particulate matter has been linked to lower levels of air pollution and higher global temperatures, according to the New York Times. To address this issue, it is crucial to reduce the burning of fossil fuels, which is a major source of particulate matter emissions. Has anyone else noticed a certain irony in the latest environmental research? It seems that our efforts to clean up the air could actually be accelerating global warming. It's a bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it? On one hand, we're making strides in reducing air pollution, which is fantastic for our health. But on the other hand, we're potentially making the climate crisis even worse.
1: Yes, it does appear to be a bit of a paradox, doesn't it? It's a reminder that the systems of our planet are incredibly complex and interconnected. We've been so focused on reducing the harmful particles in our air, which is undeniably important for our health. But we've overlooked the fact that some of these particles were actually helping to offset the warming effect of greenhouse gases.
0: Exactly. It's like a twisted version of every cloud has a silver lining. I mean, we're talking about pollutants like soot and sulfates, which come from burning fossil fuels and cause serious health problems. Yet they were also blocking some of the sun's radiation, reducing the warming effect. It's a real bittersweet scenario, eh?
1: It definitely is, Mark. And it's not the first time we've seen environmental trade-offs like this. Remember when we introduced CFCs as a safer alternative for refrigeration and aerosols, only to find out they were wreaking havoc on the ozone layer? It underscores the need for comprehensive environmental impact assessments before we implement
0: wide-scale changes. We need to look at the big picture, not just individual parts of it. And let's not forget the ultimate solution here isn't to bring back the pollution. It's to stop burning fossil fuels altogether. Because, as the assistant professor from Cornell University pointed out, getting rid of coal burning would be a massive win for numerous reasons.
1: I agree. We need to invest in renewable energy and sustainable practices, not just for the sake of our health, but also to address the broader climate crisis. We can't afford to ignore the complex relationships between different environmental factors. It's a challenging task, but the future of our planet depends on it.
0: That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow.
1: Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.